is a Ramble and Roll, a punk rock podcast. Hey guys, it's uh, Mike here from Ramble and Roll. Uh, this week we are sitting down with a friend of ours, Dave Barton from uh, The Peelers. Unfortunately, we had some technical issues at the start of the interview, so uh, we're going to segue uh, really neatly into like the second question of uh, our little conversation. Uh, so you didn't miss much. We were talking about uh, the Peelers roots in Glengarry County and the, uh, the Celtic uh, heritage there with things like the Maxwell Highland Games and all the influence of Scottish and Irish uh, culture in the area. And, um, yeah, from there, we just got into talking about, uh, how the peelers formed and, uh, that's about all you missed. So, uh, apologies for the technical difficulties, but, uh, please enjoy, uh, the majority of our conversation with Dave Barton from the peelers who have an album coming out on March 12th. That is today. If you're listening on uh, release day, uh, their new album, Down and Out in the City of Saints, is being released on Stomp Records. So, uh, without further ado, uh, here is our conversation. Uh, sorry for the technical uh, <laughs> dif- difficulties. Oh, no, it's all good, man. That's okay. Just... We've, we've had them every time so far. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> It's, I think it's just the way of the world now with technology. Like everything's a, like every day. I use Google Meet every day for work, and I still somehow something happens every day that like messes it up. I don't know. It's just the joys of technology. It's supposed to make our lives easier, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Theoretically. So, Peelers formed, uh, but Boots and Suits didn't come out to like. 2002 i think so like for those first three years you were just kind of doing like the covers like traditional stuff or like it just took you a while to get going yeah uh well like i said we didn't really i I don't think we really ever well i don't think we ever had a concept in the initial stages of going into the studio especially not to record other people's music right Mm mm-hmm it was always just kind of we. I did, we just wanted. I just wanted to have fun, and we just wanted to get you know, get. I mean, I hate to say this now because it sounds so. It sounds so uh, so. Um, you know, it's, it sounds a little immature at this point, but we just wanted to get. Am I allowed to swear on this? I didn't even ask you guys. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Encouraged, man. We just wanted to get fucked up. Basically, is what it was all <laughs> about, right? Like, you know, we just wanted to drink as much as we could on the weekends, and that sing the songs we loved and, and hang out and have a good time. And, uh, it, it really had nothing to do with, uh, with trying to get into the studio or trying to formulate any sort of plan or, or, or original songs that only started after a couple of years. And, you know, myself seeing, seeing friends that were doing it and, uh, uh, you know, maybe not the, the sort of the, the rock level, but like, you know, just, just friends that were doing it from the area that were playing a lot in the U S and traveling and touring. And I just thought, man, we, you know, maybe we could do that. And then, and, and, you know, get to see, get to see a little bit of the, uh, the country and, and uh, a little bit of the U S and, and sort of on somebody else's dime. And that would be fun. Right. <laughs> so it, we, we initially it was just that it was just having a good time. And then 
I, I don't even remember how it happened. I think I wrote, I think I just decided, I, I think I decided to write a song and I came up with this one, this first Peeler song, which is called uh, Meet You at the Bottom of a Bottle, which I stole from uh, Tom Waits, by the way. I stole the, <laughs> the uh, lyric from Tom Waits and, um, and uh, wrote this song and it was supposed to be sort of a, like a social distortion-ish kind of, uh, you know, meets Shane McGowan, Dirty Old Town kind of, kind of thing and and it wasn't meant to be serious but you know people started to sing it when we would play it so you, you say to yourself well maybe you know maybe we should record this and and that's what happened we decided to go in and uh uh we went into a studio in ottawa which i don't think exists anymore it was called distortion studios and uh we went in and uh we recorded uh i think it, i think the first album was nine tracks if i'm not mistaken and uh <laughs> you know, as much as I said, I didn't want to record other people's songs. Well, we ended up doing that. We did a couple of Pogues, <laughs> uh, Pogues instrumentals, and then we did some uh, traditionals, uh, which we just did our own versions of, and then the one original. And it, it was basically just to have, because people were asking us for, for CDs and just something to sell at shows. And, uh, you know, the production value on it isn't that great. Yeah, I mean, you can find it on, you know, streaming or it's out there, but the production value is not the best, but, and you can tell it's our first album. It sounds like the first album. And you know, I can't even listen. I can't even listen to it. <laughs> it is what it is, right? It's the evolution of, of the sound of the band. And uh, that's where it started. Yeah. I, uh, I feel that totally a hundred percent. Like the first Skellicap Rats album, I can't listen to it at all. People like still like it. And like, it's like probably like more popular than the second one. But to me, like, it's just like, oh, it's so bad. Like, look, I think it's just like one of those things, right? Like, you hear every, you hear everything that's wrong with it that other people probably don't hear. Well, we, yeah, we just didn't have the, we just didn't have the time, right? Like the mm. time and the money to yeah. do what we wanted on it, and, and that's the biggest thing is like, you know, that you gotta, you, you know, you're basically uh, renting a studio for so many hours, as you know, and 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 you rent, you're renting an engineer and. And there's just no, there's just no flexibility there. It's like, we got to bang these as fast as possible because we only, we're only in here for four hours or five yeah. hours. Yeah. Right. One take, one take, one take and get, get moving. Yeah. And, it, and it fucking sounds like it, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> but it was fun. We, we had fun and we had, uh, it was the first time we had a, we had like, you know, I had I had like a guest on there, so I I, I don't know, Mike, how much you remember um, Siobhan, the band Siobhan from Ottawa. Uh, a little bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were kind of along the same lines as us, and uh, you know, very Pogues-esque, great guys. And their lead singer went on. He he's now he formed the Dreadnoughts, so yeah. he's in, the, uh, and that's uh, old. Call him old Jimmy, but uh, Nick uh, Nick Smith. So. Uh, he he sang on that a couple. I think he did a couple of tracks on that first album. So it was fun. We just had our friends. We had Lorraine um, Miller from uh, Kingpins on that album as well. So that's cool. Good times. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. There's just something about being in the studio that first time is always like special. Like even though I don't like that first album we did, like I'll always remember like actually being in the studio for the first time and doing it it's like uh it's like one of those things that like as a musician you know there's like all those like benchmarks you want to meet like i saw like you posted on facebook the other day about finally having like a peeler's record on vinyl and like how yeah. cool that was so like yeah. it's just one of those like those benchmarks right go to a real studio like record your music like 
and then having it on like a piece of wax is like another one that's like awesome it's crazy dude like i can't even i still don't believe it like i've got a, we have boxes of them <laughs> i mean i still i look at it and i i still can't believe it's uh it's actually it's and i mean i'm saying that genuinely as well right like i still can't believe it's my album you know what i mean like it's one thing to hold a cd uh, uh, you know or a cassette but like to actually have a piece of vinyl you know we like to have the actual uh you know sort of the um you know that's that's where that's where popular music started was on vinyl and it's just just really strange to hold and to hold that something so genuine in your hands you know <laughs> yeah it's like i don't know about you but like i would like the first time i put like the test press on the record like i just watched it like go around and around it was like kind of this mesmerized that like my band's like the sound is coming out of there like it was just like so cool amazing right yeah So we talked about first album, uh, the second album, Liquordale. I think that came out in 2007? 2009, 2009. Right? No, I think, it, you know what, I, I, I just saw that the other day on, uh, Apple has it listed, I think, as 2009, but it actually came out in 2004. Oh, okay, that makes more sense, because the, yeah. the first time I heard you guys was on one of the Shite and Onions compilations, was Plastic Patty. So, like, I thought that came out, like... Oh yeah, around that time, yeah. Yeah, definitely, man, definitely. And and and, but you know what? The bit, the joke, the running joke is like, uh, uh, but <laughs> the running joke is there was a uh, almost a, almost a twelve year gap between, uh, uh, between Liquordale and and our next album, and so and we get a lot of grief for that in the community, you know, <laughs> from uh, from uh, some of the uh, some of the writers in the community and some of the critics and. Uh, and and the and so for me, if people see two thousand nine, it doesn't look as bad, right? It kind of cuts it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there's like every few years, I go in and like they do a record, right? Nothing drastic, <laughs> not twelve years. Um, but yeah, I just like yeah, I remember like uh, is it Shine On? Is it Volume One or Two of Shine Onions of Plastic Patty? Is Jesus, on? man, I don't remember. I really, and I can't. I haven't. Like, man, we've known those guys for so long at Shine Onions. I. I I'm not, I if I had to guess, I'd say, I think it's volume two, but uh, I, I that would be a guess. That would be a I guess. I think so as well, because there was some like, because I think that was like the, I had it on CD. I don't have the first one on CD, so that must be the one that you guys are on. But like that had that, that compilation, like that was like after Dropkick Murphys, I was probably like one of the things that like really got me into Celtic Punk was just hearing all the other bands in the scene. Yeah, for sure, man. And there, there's some good ones. Mm -hmm. Some good ones. Uh, but yeah, I guess that brings, oh, sorry, go, <laughs> um, I guess that, bad ones, yeah, yeah, I mean, I was, yeah, there's, that's the joy of compilations, right, like, you, there's the gems, and then there's, there's, there's definitely some, you yeah. know what, that's, that's what the, that's what a compilation's for, right, it's, yeah. uh, it's a cross-section, and you know what, teach their own, right, you, you listen to it, you hear something you like, and, and you go from there, that's, that's the beauty yeah. of those uh, of those comps oh, absolutely yeah. and, you know you find that like some of the bands that mike's gonna be into i'm not gonna like yeah. and vice versa yeah you know because yeah, it goes both ways yeah because like scott and i like we both are into celtic punk but he likes like the harder stuff like i do too but like i'm also like a lot more into like the trad stuff than scott is so like we have a bit yeah. of a different like taste when it comes to like celtic punk which kind yeah. of brings us to like uh your new album 
<laughs> yeah, I was going to say you got you've got kind of the the, the uh, uh, you've got the um, progression from uh, very traditional to uh, to very Celtic punk, which is what the Peelers is, and and it was always kind of headed that way anyway. It's just you know, it was just a matter of finding people <laughs> wanted to do it right, but yeah, yeah, and the new album is very much like that. It's uh, new album's pretty heavy. Yeah, the new album's absolutely awesome. Thank you. I I was. I was very enamored with it on first listen. That's for sure. That man, that's very nice of you to say. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, like Mike. He when he sent it to us, uh, like I listened to it right away, and like I sent the link to Scott, and like we both were just like immediately, like I think we were like, this is the best album they've put out. Like it's like it's so good, and like I was like when Prize Fight came out too, the single that came out like a few weeks ago or a while ago. It was I was shocked like how much like punkier and heavier it was like compared to like your other stuff even compared to palace of the fiend and i was like man like is there even any traditional instruments on this and like, i had to listen closely i think there's like some fiddle on it but i think that's it so like it was like yeah like kind of hit me right away that you guys went like a lot harder with this one you know and I, that's almost like a light point on the record too yeah that's the crazy part <laughs> yeah but you know what man it's uh I, i'll tell you what it's uh a little bit of it, well, a lot of it actually is um, is because you know a lot of moving in that direction is because that's that's what I grew up on. I grew up on a, a punkier, you know, a punkier, a much punkier sound. And uh, and and you know what, man, I my dream was always to create the next Pogues, right? Like I wanted, <laughs> and and we had it at times. We we had eight or nine people on stage at one time. Uh, and I've got photo the photos and the video to prove it, right? <laughs> the problem with that, man, is like when you at the end of the day, when you try to pay people because oh. <laughs> you, you because look, you, you know, a lot of a lot of us did it just for fun. But you know, when you start hiring guys that can actually play traditional instruments, sometimes you get into a situation where you got to pay them. And uh, man, there was just no money at the end of the day. And 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 <laughs> on the road is the same thing, you know, like. Man, it's it's like next to impossible to bring, never mind five people on the road, like to bring a nine-piece band or eight-piece band. It's fucking, fucking next to impossible. Yeah. You, you look at a band like, I mean, a very different, uh, you know, sound sonically and everything, but you look at like a, a Mighty Mighty Boss Tones level band where yeah. you're like, holy hell, there's, you know, nine people before the crew. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 just not feasible, right, at this level. Um, so, so it was like, my thinking was going forward. I, you know, I, we knew we kind of, we knew the album was going to come out on stomp. We knew there'd be some more, there'd be a, a different kind of, uh, dir uh, direction in terms of the touring and the dates we'd be booking. And, uh, I just said, you know what, I'm going to turn it into something, uh, manageable. And, and that's kind of what I did. And, and so a lot of it comes from that, uh, to be a hundred percent honest with you, a lot of it comes from just wanting to be able to take the band that you hear on the record or on the album, being able to take that band and bring it on the road, you know, mm -hmm. and, and be able to recreate what's on the album on the road. That, that was a huge part of it for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think one of the questions that I really wanted to ask you then, um, because having listened to a couple of the earlier records and then moving on to down and out in the city of saints here, like, obviously, like you were saying, it's a huge shift musically, but what were you listening to a lot, like while you were recording that record? While I was recording which which album? 
Or while while you were writing down and out in the city of saints, I should say. Oh, I was. Uh, oh, I, I I think I know where you're going with this because because there's some obvious. I think there's some obvious influences on that album. Uh, <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm a huge Rancid fan, man. Like, and uh, and you you'll definitely hear some Rancid on there, uh, dude. I the last couple of years, man, I've been all over the place. Like, uh, like I've been listening to a lot of like you know, lesser known, uh, American punk, you know, like, uh, man, one band I've been listening to a lot is like Titus Andronicus out of, uh, New Jersey, fucking amazing yeah. band. Uh, and then, and then, but then I, but then I, I cross over. Right. And I've been hold steady out of Brooklyn, New York. Like yeah. I, I just love guys that, can, uh, that can write lyrics and that, that can write hooks. And man, that's another band that's just like fabulous at it, you know? So, because uh, that's uh that's Craig Finn, right? If I remember right, yeah. He's a genius, you know, like amazing songwriter, amazing lyricist, and uh, and like yeah, I'm a huge huge fan of his. Like, um, I it would it would be a lot of that, a lot of ska too. I've been listening to a I, like I always I've always been a ska guy, but uh, and then I've been listening to a lot. You know, I listen to a lot of the the bands in the genre as well. Uh, I'm like you. I like the heavier bands uh, in the genre. I mean. Aside from the Pogues, obviously, uh, who are yeah, that's that's like my gimme as well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a huge Murphy's fan, you know. Uh, um, I I you know there's there's a bunch of them, man. But like I, yeah, that's that I'd say that's kind of where my head was at. My I just uh, and then I'm an Oi guy as well, so I like I like the old stuff, you know, Sham '69 and. Uh, you know, angelic upstarts and and all these these kind of you know oi English oi bands. So there's kind of some of that in there yeah. too. And you that on you can hear that in the uh, uh, on some of the tracks. You know, with the the haze and the and <laughs> absolutely yeah. <laughs> I was actually listening to a ton of rancid, and uh, you know, I I was always a rancid fan, but I. I for some reason, I just got into them heavy in the last uh, last two or three years, and uh, I'm a big Lars guy. So, like, even even Lars and the Bastards, uh, and um, uh, um, Old Firm Casuals is fucking love them. I love Lars, man. I'm a I'm a massive Lars fan. The Old Firm Casuals have come a long way from their first two EPs. Right. Like, <laughs> fucking band, though, right? Like. I mean, to me, Lars is like, uh, I just love the style. You know, the guy's got the style and he's got the voice and they just write great songs, you know? Absolutely. Or I was at, I should say. Yeah. Um, yeah, like Lars just writes those. Like he's just got, he's got, he he just writes, he's ca- like everything he writes is like infectious and catchy and gets in your head. Like he's got the voice Killer. too. Like, like Lars and the Bastards. Like I was listening to... Uh, the first record the other day and like it's just been like stuck in my head like ever since like just like Amazing. all those all the riffs he writes just like they're like they're all like earworms like they're yeah you can't get them out of Amazing. your head and 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 you know what dude like and and i also and <laughs> like i have a really eclectic taste and my, i'm sure mike would tell you tell you this from seeing my my facebook facebook feed like you know i listen to a lot of hip-hop too um so there's a lot of influences coming from a lot of directions iron maiden fucking Wu-Tang Clan, like, you know, I'm, I listen to a lot of stuff, man, and it, and it's all, I like to think that it all comes, comes at, you know, comes at you and sort of forms, formulates into one, you know, you kind of, you kind of draw 
uh, one one sort of uh, writing style from everything that you listen to. You know, I mean, you're not going to hear me. Uh, you're not going to hear me dropping any rhymes. But I mean, you know, <laughs> but not that I wouldn't love to. But you know, like, uh, I, but definitely attitude, uh, writing style. Yeah. You know, uh, lyrical content. All that stuff, man. Like, uh, like all those guys in the Wu Tang Clan, man. Like that all, that all means a ton to me because I I listen to the to the lyrics and I and know you know I I can't identify always with where they're coming from, but but man, it, the picture they paint in your head is like that. That's the kind of thing that I go for as well. Yeah, I, I just Absolutely. I just like this thought just popped in my head, but like I know you're saying you're not gonna drop some rhymes, but I just like you know like the Youth Brigade song like Men in Blue when they break out into the rap at the end. Like I wonder what like the Celtic <laughs> punk version of that would sound like. I don't. If you're waiting for me to tell waiting a long time. You you had your chance to drop it in the song Barry Square Mike, oh, and yeah. you just oh. didn't do it. <laughs> Next time. Listen, unless I can get. Uh, Unless I can get uh, Everlast, remember Everlast from House of Pain? Yeah. yeah. Unless I can get Everlast to come in and do a do a guest uh, do a guest vocal, uh, I don't think it, I don't think we'll go. In that. <laughs> oh well, I mean, what? Oh God, what was the guy who did the um, the IRA song, Mike? <laughs> oh, Jesus, um, from House of Pain. Um, I, I, really? I have no idea. Uh, with uh, with. Um, the guy that did the IRA song, like every every pub band in Ireland, pretty much. Um, not even Ireland. One time, Scott and I were at McGreevy's in uh, in Boston for like a St. Patty's Day week, and one of the bands I had playing in the pub just started playing like some old like IRA songs, and we were all just kind of like looking at each other, and then. <laughs> One of our friends like texts Ken and was like, you know, like they're playing IRA songs in your bar. And he just he just texted back like WTF, like he had no idea, right? Like, but like, yeah, it's just it. Uh, <laughs> you know what, Mike? You're you're probably more likely to hear it on this side of the pond. Oh, yeah. you know, like like people, the diaspora. You know, the the Irish diaspora here. People take that shit seriously, man. I, I like more. You know, I and. Never, I'd never say more seriously than the Irish do, but you know what I mean. Like it, it's a, it's an identifier over here. It's something mm-hmm. for you to latch on to, and uh, and you, as you know, in Boston and New York, man, it, it's it's a yeah. it's a massive, uh, it's there's a massive culture uh, or subculture to it, right? Yeah, like when I was in Ireland, I heard more Johnny Cash than anything. I don't think I heard a Dubliner song the whole time I was in yeah. Ireland, but <laughs> lots. They like the country music. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, you recorded this, like you guys, the recording of this album, like you, uh, you recorded it like before the pandemic, right? Or started recording it? Like how did the, like, how did, what was the timeline and how did like the pandemic kind of, you know, hinder? Yeah. We started, we started recording it in, uh, December of 20, Christ, where are we? What are we now? (laughs) 21. I'm so, this year has fucked me up bad, man. Uh, 20 December 2019, we started recording uh, the drums, beginning of December 19, uh, and then uh, we just kind of uh, we were kind of doing it slowly from there, uh, just adding tracks, and uh, then we went on tour in March. Uh, we were out west uh, in March, and uh, that's when the bottom fell out of everything. Uh, we were we were in Jasper, Alberta, when when the second half of our tour got canceled. And, um, 
And uh, it was weird because he didn't, we didn't really feel it going out that something was wrong or that bad, you know, bad things were coming. But, but once we got to Vancouver, we knew, you know, we, I remember going to a Walmart in Vancouver and uh, people were fighting over um, box uh, masks, disposable. Oh, and to, there was no toilet paper. I remember that. I mean, it sounds cliche to say that now, but there was no toilet paper on the shelves. And I, we just knew at that point that something was up. Like you could just feel it in the air, you know, we played our show in Vancouver and then we went on and played a couple more shows. And then Jasper, Alberta was our last show. And we got canceled. Uh, everything got canceled, including our big, uh, our patty station in uh, Calgary got canceled. And that, mm -hmm. that really, that really, um, you know, that hurt quite a bit. So, I mean, just in terms of financially for a, for an indie band, right on tour, like it was, uh, it was our big payday. So it hurt. And, and it would have been a great time as well, but, after that, things kind of changed, right? It, we, you know, everything got locked down and, and it was like, well, how do we do this? Because we were trying to do things safely and, and um, you know, trying to make sure that uh, we didn't compromise anyone. And, and so it was just a process, you know, like uh, a lot of sharing tracks digitally. I mean, thank God for, for the digital world, right? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know how we would have done this, uh, you know, 30 years ago, but man, to have Google, you know, uh, just have like Google drive and, and, and all the, you know, all these kind of tools available to you, zoom and, and, uh, FaceTime. And we, we just sort of did it like that. And when, it, when somebody had to go in and record their parts, uh, we socially distanced and, uh, um, and we made it work. And, uh, and, and I think we, we were done recording by, uh, I think it was like end of May we finished recording. And then we, we started, uh, mixing and mastering beginning of June and then uh, had to go back in, had it remastered. Well, had it mastered twice and then had the uh, final album mastered for vinyl uh, at Le Lab, uh, Le Lab Studios in Montreal, which is like a, like a big, one of these big sort of mastering, uh, professional mastering studios. So it was, uh, it was a process, but I think we got everything done by about mid-June and, uh, and then just, and then it was funny, right? We just sat on it for a while because, uh, you know, Mike and, and uh, Matt at Stomp, uh, we were kind of talking about how, when we should release it, and nobody really knew what the situation was going to be in the fall and whether we were going to we were going to pull out of this before Christmas, and and uh, they just kind of made a call and said, why don't we wait till March, till around St. Patrick's Day, and then hopefully everything's back, you know, everything, we're back on stage and things are open again, and 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 it'll it'll be sort of a, a good return, you know, it'll be a good return for you to have an album and get to back on the stage and, uh, and just, it hasn't worked out that way, but, um, that's, that's kind of the decision to release it this Friday, uh, March, 20, 2021 came from, uh, came from a, uh, decision from the label and, and we were, uh, in agreement with that as well, but, yeah. but it, it, it all, it all affected it, it, man. It's hard to say like, how did this, like none of us have been through this before. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's been it's been brutal right like you know especially for musicians man like especially for musicians that are uh that are are doing this for a living you know because i've got musicians in my band that that's all they do and so it's been tough it's been rough and and uh you know and i and i love them and i hate to see them in that situation they've they've been able to make a go of it and uh you know fingers crossed you know the i know the label would like to get us out on the road in the fall uh, and I know we, we have some dates booked in May as well, uh, coming up. So 
fingers crossed that uh, everything will, will even itself out and we'll get the vaccines and we'll get back at it. Yeah. Cause yeah, like for sure, like you said, like there's almost like for a small band, like an indie band, there's no point of putting out an album if you can't go out and tour it. Right. Cause like, yeah, like that's, you know, like that's where all the money is. Right. Is like well, actually you, you, touring an album. Yeah, man. And you, you kill all the, uh, you know, if you, if we were to were, if we were, would have released it in the fall, then you sort of kill all the the hype and the momentum, and you know it just yeah. kind of sits there, uh, marinating for <laughs> for a few months, you know. And <laughs> you know it's you, you know what it's like in the music business. It's it's what have you done for me lately, right? And so, you know, we you want to keep it fresh. And I mean, I, I've already got the next album almost written, and uh, so you know, nice. hopefully here we'll we'll jump back in and we'll we'll keep it uh, we'll keep it going, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. After the gaps that you've had between <laughs> records, people will be excited to see you come right back with another one, I think. <laughs> let's let's you trolling us now. Jesus. I mean, it's it's quality over quantity, right? You want to put out you don't you don't want to just put yeah. out like anything. Absolutely. I you're talking to uh you're talking to one of the one of the biggest uh, I mean, I don't know, like just from my perspective, I I'm a uh, I go back over my lyrics and uh, and and the music. I mean, hundreds of times before I I ever even introduce it to the guys. Uh, I I just uh, I'm a I'm a real. I hate to use that word perfectionist, but I I can't I cannot I couldn't do it. Like if something if I don't feel comfortable with something, it just sits there. And I'll give you a great example of that. Right, like on this new album, uh, there's a song called uh, "Glad to See the Back of You." Which, by the way, we'll, we, uh, we have a video shot for it. It'll be coming out in a couple of weeks. Well, uh, and Glad to See the Back of You is a song I wrote. I mean, in, in theory, I wrote that song in 2004. And I didn't feel right for Liquordale at that time. And so I shelved it. And then I pulled it back out uh, in 2019 and uh, turned, turned it into that, too. So I, I'm bad for that. Like, man, I've, I've got tapes and tapes and and uh and and audio recordings of songs that i've never seen the lights light of day and ideas and and you know it's nice to be able to have them to go back and just pull stuff out when you need it you know and try and work on when it feels right yeah i'm absolutely i'm definitely the same way i would literally just demo a song that i originally wrote in 2010 and i (laughs) i finally figured it out and cracked it and demoed it like yesterday (laughs) so like i i'm like 100 percent the same way yeah it's and you know what dude just speaking from from uh, the perspective of this of this genre, Celtic punk, so easy to be uh, so easy to turn into a fucking cliche in this genre, mm-hmm. and so I'm really cognizant of that. And and like you know, I mean, man, there's enough bands out there uh, doing you know just sort of writing about drinking and and fighting and whatever else. But I shouldn't say that. Half my songs are about boxing, <laughs> but. <laughs> But, uh, but you know what I mean? Like, it's easy to become like an Irish stereotype or a Celtic stereotype, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so I'm really, I'm really cognizant of that. And I, it's always in the back of my head. I don't, I don't, we, because we've done that before and, and, you know, I, I'm not comfortable with some of the songs I've written in the past and that's just the way it is, you know? And I, yeah. that's okay. We don't play them and I don't listen to them. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, it's, Absolutely. uh, mind you got it, brother. It's like, it's like, if you're working with like if you're in a celtic punk band like there's only so many ways to write a song and still have it sound like celtic like 
but you're also trying to do different things with it. Like it's tricky, right? You want to like do new stuff, but like not like you know, you're just like a, it's like you're balancing the two. That's why I love. Uh, uh, that's why I love the Murphys, right? Because man, those guys, you know, obviously from do or die to today, like those guys have, have taken that band in so many different directions, and they keep they keep trying to they 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 keep coming out with something fresh. You know what I mean? Like they mm -hmm. keep to push the limits of the genre and, and push the boundaries of what they're doing with, uh, with, uh, traditional, traditional instruments and, and punk rock at the same time. And it's just, it's some of their stuff like, man, you know, they come out with a song like, um, uh, Mick Jones, which is like, that, that's a fucking great song. And it's just like, I don't think, I don't, I can't remember if there, I don't even think the pipes are on it. I can't remember, but it's just a good, it's just a good punk yeah. rock. Song. Yeah, that's that one's just like a straight up punk song. That's the great thing about those guys, man, and and I really I really dig what uh, what Ken and 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 Al and Tim and those guys are doing there. It's uh, it's amazing, and and so they they're a big inspiration, you know. Well, Do or Die is one of my all time favorite albums, so I mean, you know. Oh yeah, me too. Going 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 from there, working from off of there, you know. Like, I I think that holds true for what, all three of us here. I think that that's yeah, one of the that, records uh, that, that set us down the path here. <laughs> Oh yeah. When I was learning guitar, like I sat down and learned like all the songs on Do or Die. Those were like the first songs I learned on guitar were all those songs. Amazing album, man. Like just yeah. genius. You know what I mean, like Yeah. Like and it's funny that like all these Celtic punk fans seem to kind of go through a progression, right? Where like like Dropkick started out like very much just like oi street punk like with some like Celtic influence and like every like every album they built on that and I think part of it was probably like when they got to the point around like 2001 they could actually start to afford having those extra members <laughs> to like play those instruments on the albums because that's like a huge part of it like practicality wise for a, a touring band yeah. oh definitely dude I just saw a uh man somebody just turned me on like a couple weeks ago to uh uh, a show that they did at the Spectrum in Montreal in like 1989. Uh, well, wait a minute, 88. Uh, when when did Do or Die came out? What, 90s? I know I know exactly no, what show you're talking about. Okay. That is October 22nd, 1997, at the Spectrum in Montreal. Oh, oh, sorry, it was yeah. a little bit later. Okay, yeah, 97. Yeah. I think that was okay. the, uh, the Boston tour, was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was the. Boston. Yeah. And and you can find it on YouTube, and and I mean it's it's just basically. I, I don't want to say you're welcome Mike, Mike. for putting it on YouTube, but you're welcome for putting it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Who put that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. He's, he's got a he's got a what's your old YouTube channel called Lambrusco yeah. Kid? It's got like all these old Dropkick Murphys bootlegs on. So oh wow. If you're watching an old Dropkick Murphy's bootleg on YouTube, like there's like a ninety percent chance it's it's from his YouTube channel. But but yeah, man, and it's great, right? And like I think I don't know what where they were on the bill. It was an all Boston bill. But I'm guessing they were early on the bill. And and it's only four it's only the four yeah. guys, right? Like, yeah. you know, I see that's where they started too, man. It's like uh you know, we started as a three piece, basically. I mean, we weren't doing we weren't doing what they were doing, uh, uh straight up punk rock, but we were you know, even doing our poke stuff, but we were just a three piece and it kind of built off of that. But you see, man, like you get to a point where you can start to afford and, and, uh, and, uh, feel comfortable bringing other uh, musicians in and, and, uh, um, you know, it's just the way it works, right? It's natural pro progression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for putting that up, man. <laughs> I, old, uh, I love 
seen those old videos, brother. It's brilliant, man. Yeah, I I've gone down a few YouTube rabbit holes, and then I'd like look at the. I'm like, oh, these are all Scots. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I I used to be super involved in the uh, like tape trading community, so it's uh, I had I had quite a bit of them lying around, and uh, and uh, yeah. I'm gonna check that channel out, brother. Yeah, Thanks. no worries. <laughs> there's there's definitely. There's definitely some copyright infringement notices I've gotten in, in the email over the years. But uh, at one point, YouTube <laughs> wanted to pay me to have the channel. And then they were like, wait, you don't own any of this. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, man, I get it, dude. But but you know what? At the same time, brother, uh, you're, you're, you're spreading the love. Like, you're proliferating the... Uh, the 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 music and the genre right and 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 so from a from a uh selfish perspective i appreciate that so uh keep up the good work man yeah because i think like a lot of those vhs's circulated because didn't the band used to like film those like buy them and like sell them at shows on the tour just like buy them on the road yeah so like that's pretty cool like uh it's just really cool to to see that video too because I mean, I wasn't at that show. I'd like to say I was, but like, uh, just to hear those old, like the original, the songs mm. that were uh, that were about to be released on uh, on Do or Die, and they're kind of working them out, and it was uh, really, really cool to see how that works, you know? Yeah, there's 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 one that always blows my mind. It's not one of Scott's videos, but it's called like drop kick Murphy is like two words Cape Cod or something. And it's like them playing to like three people in a bar on Cape Cod, like back in like 1997 with like no, no, no releases out. Just like, they look like they're like fresh out of high school. Well, they're not fresh out of high school. They look like super young, like kids and just like, it's like, and then you go from that to like one of their like pro shot festivals in like Germany in like 2018 or whatever, playing to like 50,000 people. And you're like, wow, they, they made it far. Hurricane, Hurricane Festival 2015. That's a, that's a fucking good one. That is a good one. Oh, we, we could go down this rabbit hole all day. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> the Dropkick Murphys rabbit hole, and we could go down a Dropkick Murphys and hockey rabbit hole combined as well. But we'll, oh, we'll save that I, another part. Actually, I mean. <laughs> we had one question about hockey. Sure. Scott, do you want to ask? I'll go. Me? Okay. So you're gonna, you're gonna. Oh yeah, don't don't let the American ask me about hockey. <laughs> so Dave, just kidding. Scott. <laughs> I know, like you're you're a big Habs fan. So yeah. like, does that put you at odds with like 99% of the Celtic punk community who have adopted the Bruins as their team? It seems. So, I. So I th- I've thought about this before. Obviously, you know. I mean. Uh, I, I don't think it does, and I'll tell you why. Well, I mean, listen, I can't, I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't uh, get inside the head of, of somebody who wants to uh, uh, who wants to hate my music or, or dislike my music because hockey team that I'm aligned with or that that I that I support, right? I mean, I'm also a massive Manchester United supporter. I mean, so uh, never mind the Bruins. I could, <laughs> I could seriously alienate a, an entire world of of, uh, of Liverpool and, uh, yeah. and Arsenal supporters as well, right? <laughs> so, so I get it. And to me, you know what? If you like the music, you like the music. Yeah. My 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 stance on it is uh, I don't hate the Bruins. I never hated the Bruins. As a matter of fact, I'm a massive um, 
I'm a massive supporter of the original six, right? Like, I'm a traditional hockey fan. That's how I grew up. And if I was not a Habs fan, I, I would be a Bruins fan because I, I dig everything about it. I like the city. Uh, I like, I've always liked the players that they've had on that team. And the, the jerseys are like, like the red, white, and blue. The jerseys are some of the best in hockey. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I, I don't begrudge anyone that doesn't like us because uh, I might support a, a, another hockey team. But I'm just glad the Bruins exist uh, in this world because uh, if not, you know, in a normal in a normal year, I'd have to watch, uh, uh, you know, the Habs play uh, some of the <laughs> some of the other teams in the league that maybe aren't as, uh, uh, in, you know. And, and I'm not saying hockey in general is great to watch, but there's nothing like uh, Bruins. There's nothing like a game at the Bell Center. Yeah. Period. I mean, like, oh god, that, yeah, true too. And I, I have seen I've seen games in Boston too. Great good times but yeah the bell center man i'll tell you the bell center on a saturday night uh when the bruins are in town and everybody's come up from boston for the game you can't it, i i don't know how to put I, I i don't know how to put that in words so that somebody can understand the uh atmosphere in the town when that's going I'm in, on i'm impartial it's, and i've been to one of those games and it's absolutely unbelievable there's really nothing like yeah, it we we were uh, we were at one of those games together. Like our buddy Sean from Boston came up. It was me, Sean, uh, Scott, a couple other guys, and like it was just like the atmosphere is just next level, like unreal. Like yeah, I, I'd say I'd go as far as to say even it's an even better atmosphere than than the Habs and Leafs. Like just because the Bruins the Bruins uh, support, and you know they get a lot of them. We get you know Montreal gets a lot of them coming across the border because it's so close, mm -hmm. and you. Know, Drinking age is eighteen, and it's it's a good time, right? And and those guys come up, and they they they're you know they're uh, you know they they just have a great they just have a great way about them, you know, and it, it just makes for for a more exciting time and a more exciting atmosphere. And uh, hey, man, I listen. I hope everybody loves the album. I hope I, I please do not hold my hockey team. <laughs> I mean, I'm from Montreal, so it wasn't. It's 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 not. It's kind of built in right and yeah. and you know it is what it is and uh, and i anyway whatever let's just say uh <laughs> uh big shout out to uh to all the bruins fans out there i don't hate you. i hope i hope y'all the album. Uh, so i was gonna say, i think most of it's like friendly like it's all friendly rivalry right like people like well, rib just, each other right? the only city yeah. where it's not friendly uh, is philadelphia i mean we can keep that we can keep that perfectly <laughs> clear <laughs> so yeah uh that was God, like... that, that was a that was an uncomfortable awkward conversation <laughs> <laughs> sorry to put you on the spot i was just curious if you had any like what do i care you know yeah, what like... brother? it's a big world it's a big fucking world and it's a big music yeah. world. And, and, and you know what, if I was going to rely on only hockey fans to listen to my music, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be in a serious fucking, uh, I, I, it, it, you know, we, we'd be in serious trouble. So, I mean, yeah, that's all the hockey fans out there. I, I fucking love y'all and I love the game. And, uh, you know, my, I, I've got a brother who works in the NHL and, and, uh, I come from a hockey family and, if anybody ever wants to talk hockey, man, I, I'll talk a, a, about it realistically with you. And uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it's kind of funny. Like, 
how punk rock and hockey kind of like just became like kind of like tied together so like 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 because like you know like back in the day like the punks and jocks weren't supposed to get along right and now it seems like hockey's become like the de facto punk sport besides yeah. soccer i'd agree with that i mean so obviously foot football or yeah, football, yeah. I mean, for me, that's, you know, when I was growing up, man, I was, you know, I was listening to like songs like Blood on the Terraces, you know, like, like, uh, Great song. very, uh, very aggro, uh, English oi football, uh, fo- football influenced, uh, English oi, oi bands like Sham and, uh, uh, like I said before, like Angelic Upstarts, you know, uh, all the, I, I love that stuff, right? And I still, still listen to it on a regular right, basis. And you look at like the business doing the whole, hardcore hooligan record where it's just all songs about football <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah love it love yeah. yeah it's it's yeah it's funny when you mentioned that you're like a man you fan that you were like worried about uh, alienating like the arsenal and chelsea fans but you weren't worried about uh alienating all the uh the west ham fans out there in the in the oi scene <laughs> hey you know what i'll tell you what man let's let's let here let me re- let me uh let me uh, uh, let me get them back on my side. I'm also a massive Iron Maiden fan, so oh, up the fans, if you know what I mean. <laughs> there you go. I uh, I'm a Tottenham supporter, so like I really have no like I'm I uh, I have no say in the conversation really. <laughs> I have many friends in the same boat. <laughs> I used to be on the Bayern Munich boat, and so <laughs> not even not even a Premiership uh, team for me. <laughs> listen listen boys if we all cheered for the same teams what oh fun exactly. Would it be, right? exactly exactly well that's why mike likes the ducks yeah, that, you know <laughs> yeah that's why i'm a ducks fan just to be a contrarian i mean cool, it was man. the movies it was the movies i'm not, I'm not gonna lie it was the movies, the movies that got me yeah hey but you know i'm the, I'm, I'm on the i'm on the bandwagon now and i'm not leaving it's been like 23 years <laughs> listen man and and that's the thing, right? You got to stay true to your, uh, you know, punk rock is about that too, right? Stay true to your convictions, man. You know, like yep. believe in what you believe, and and don't let someone try to change your mind. You know. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think that was like most of our questions uh, we had for you. Uh, oh, I had one other random thing I discovered while doing research. Uh, did you know that there's like a San Francisco area band called the Peelers that does they do like top 40 mashup things? Are you, is that something you guys are thinking about trying out? Nope, <laughs> but I uh, I guess, uh, so I can tell you all about them, uh, because I know of all the incarnations of bands named the Peelers in the, uh, in the history of the United States. <laughs> point. Um, so there was a band in Chicago. Uh, I, I think they were kind of a, like a like a punk band. Um, this was this would have been early thousands, and they were called the Peelers. And we got a cease and desist letter from them, uh, or I uh, was it a letter or an email? I can't remember. But it basically, <laughs> told us that uh, the name the Peelers was service marked in the U.S. And uh, and uh, I said service marked. What the fuck is service marked? So I <laughs> looked that up and. It, 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 you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't really mean much to be quite honest. Um, so I just, I, you know, wrote them back and said, okay, I mean, what do you <laughs> want? Like, we didn't change the name, obviously. And uh, they, they, they're gone. I don't think they exist anymore. Then about four years, three or four years ago, I started getting uh, emails uh, or, or Twitter uh, messages 
from uh, people saying like, uh, hey, uh, I work for IBM and we want you to do our Christmas party uh, this year. And I'm like, fucking IBM Christmas party. Like, do you, like, uh, you know, do you understand what kind of band this is, you know? And, 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 and I went down that rabbit hole to figure out that they were, they were trying to contact this other band named the Peelers in California. <laughs> um, I, I think they're still, uh, they're like a, they're like a top 40 sort of like massive, like full horn section. And, yeah. and they do, they're a corporate gig band. And, and, you know, when, when I get to IBM or uh, Microsoft emailing <laughs> thing, would you guys like to do our Christmas parties? You know, part of me is like, fuck, I'm going to email back and see how much, uh, and will you fly? Yeah, I, I think I think someday you got to just say yes to one of these, just so they, you know, I feel yeah. like if they keep emailing you, they they got to get what yeah. they deserve, and you got to just do this, you know. <laughs> and then, and then it'll, you know, and then that's real rock and roll. It'll be like, uh, it'll be like, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Spinal oh. Tap, but like Spinal oh. Tap, Spinal Tap playing the uh, the Air Force uh, <laughs> the, uh, ball, like uh, you know, dress the. Uh, formal ball, you know, like this <laughs> thing I would guess. But uh, now, you know what, man? Uh, the Peelers is actually uh, we we actually went and uh, registered the name. So technically, they are using the name illegally. Oh, yeah. Peelers is a, Peelers is a registered uh, registered trademark uh, in North America or in Canada and the U.S. Anyway, so um, yeah, we just haven't got around to. Uh, but I, I don't really see them that active right now. Like I haven't got any of those messages and, uh, I, I don't know what's going on with them, but if it, if it keeps becoming an issue that then we, we, we'd have to get yeah. a lawyer, mm-hmm. to, uh, send a, send a letter. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's funny. Cause I was like, I just was like, I want to go like, I wanted to look up some of like your like live videos. Cause it's like, it's been a while since I like seen you guys or anything. So I was like, want to see you like, just get some, get in the mood. Right. Like I've, I've listened to like, uh, the new album like a bunch of times now so like i put in the peelers live and like your videos are there but then like interspersed for all these other like yeah that's like this huge band like playing these like top 40 things and i was like what is that so <laughs> yeah you know what man and listen uh eventually one of these days we'll get around to jumping on that uh and uh you know we we can get that all fixed it's just uh it's just time and money right and, yeah. and you know it Listen, we own the we own we're registered, so we own the name. And uh, we'll, so you're we'll telling there. me I'm we'll not going to get a Celtic punk like um, let's see. I mean, my favorite band in the world is the Toy Dolls, and you know they've covered Ricky Martin in the past. They've done a little bit of Europe. They've done a little bit of everything and kind of made it their own. So you're telling me we're not going to get a Celtic punk version of like a Lady Gaga song or something one of these days? <laughs> I but, uh, honestly, brother, I'm sure. I, listen, I have. Uh, Full respect for all artists, all other artists. I couldn't name you a Lady Gaga song. Uh, I, I'm like, I'm sure she's. I, I just don't. She's just not on right. my radar. But I mean, I get what you're saying, though. Uh, I, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not much for covers, yeah. man. I'm really not. Like the Peelers. Uh, you look at our albums. Like uh, it's been this progression of like going from uh, you know pretty much all traditional songs to a few traditional songs and a couple of covers to one traditional song to this album, which is all, uh, you know, 10 songs that I wrote and they're all mine. And I, I like that way. I'd prefer to do that. You know, nobody wants to hear my, 
nobody wants to hear with all due respect to to the to, you know there's a lot of great covers out there man and a lot of people do a lot of bands take the covers and make them better than the original you know in on occasion it's just not my thing and it's just like i you know i wouldn't want to hear myself sing somebody else's <laughs> song that, that that's just me though you know absolutely well, Pers- personal preference completely 100%. And I think, you know, there's definitely um, something to be said for just an album of all originals, especially within the Celtic punk genre, because so many artists do kind of heavily rely on, you know, previously existing music. And so it's really nice to hear something where it's just entirely, you know, you've written the entirety of the new record, and that's awesome. Not an easy genre to, to uh, write in, I have to say. Like, you, you know... Um, so, I mean, like, obviously I can't, like, I tried, I, I've tried before to write from the perspective of, of an Irishman or a, or a Scotsman, and it's not really my place to do that, and I, and I, don't, I can't really do it from a place of any sort of, a, a gen, you know, a, like, I, I, can't, I can't be genuine about it, right? So I stopped doing that, and everything I write now is all personal experience, uh, people I've known, people I've met. And, and then occasionally the uh, the the occasional fictional uh, uh, <laughs> fictional story or, or something I just make up, you know. Like, but for the most part, it's they're all kind of lived experience and and, and amalgamations of characters. And uh, uh, great great story. I uh, there's a there's a song on the new album called uh, it's the fifth song on side A, and it's called uh, Stick and Move, and uh, it's about a uh, Irish boxer named uh, Gary Spike O'Sullivan, and. Uh, he he's legitimately an Irish boxer today. Like he he's a current Irish yep. boxer, right? Like mm-hmm. and and so uh, I kind of I kind of uh, I met one of his trainers online, and then uh, it's funny because just today I, I got a message. I had said to the his trainer Reg Byrne, like you know, is there any way I could get you guys a couple of copies? I'd love Spike to hear the song because it's it's a complete tribute to the man. You know what I mean? Like. But it's just my perspective, right? And he fight he's fought for Murphy's boxing yes. as well. Yeah. He's a so uh I you know I sent a message to Reg and then uh man, if I didn't get a voice message this afternoon from Spike, uh, because Reg was in I guess they were training, they were in the same gym in Dublin, and uh and and he just gave me this beautiful message saying how he was uh so flattered and and uh, couldn't wait to hear the song and oh man. Like, talk about making my day, you know, with that nice cork accent, you know, like. <laughs> That's awesome. Because, uh, yeah, we were, Scott, like, we met Spike, didn't we, in Boston? Wasn't he at that Murphy's yeah. Boxing event um, we attended? Yes. Yeah, he's a, so, like, when he, that when that song came on, I, like, picked it out right away. I'm like, oh, this is about Spike yeah. O'Sullivan. You, like, you messaged really cool. me, like, immediately um, about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, dude, I love his style. He, you'd know him because he's mustache. got the uh, yeah, yeah. He had the yeah. mustache, yeah, yeah, uh, handlebar, whatever you call that. Like, uh, yeah, man, he's got a great style. And you know what? That guy's tough as nails, and uh, and uh, never quits, man. And uh, and and you know, like I and I don't want to go dark on you guys at all, but like, you know, I I uh, I'm as somebody who struggles with mental illness, and I have in the past, and. Uh, you know, sort of, it's 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 a continuing battle, uh, as you may or may not know. You know, um, you know, like that's a guy that never quits, man. And I look up to people like that. Like, you know, you know, 
he's going to fight right till the end, you know, like even if he's get, you know, even if he's getting hit and, and that's a guy that does not quit. And I, I take a lot of, uh, mm -hmm. take a lot of, um, you know, I take a lot of uh, pride in, in supporting people like that. And, and, uh, they, they keep me going as well. So yeah, Spike's, Spike's a good dude, man. And, uh, uh, God, you see my face when I got a message today, like, crazy dude. And, uh, Hey man, who knows? Like, uh, I'd love to get him in the video. I think, I think, uh, the first video is coming out in a couple of days. It's uh, glad to see the back of you. And then we're shooting prize fight as a video. And then I'd love to have him. We're going to do uh, stick and move as the third video. And I'd love to somehow get him in it, but, uh, we'll see. The, yeah, the be... seeds, seeds have been planted. So... <laughs> what? That'd be awesome. And that, that's, that song kind of like joins the like pantheon of like Celtic punk songs about boxers now. Right. Cause like, uh, uh... <laughs> I, I like, I write, I, I often write about boxing. I've got a yeah. few, uh, got a few songs on, uh, or a couple songs on, uh, uh, Palace of the Fiend, uh, going down swinging, stand down Cleary. Uh, and then on this album, there's a few as well. And, uh, it's just, it's a sport that I've always loved. And, uh, mm. uh like, like I was kind of getting, I love the competitive spirit and I love the, uh, the never say, you know, never say die attitude, particularly of the, uh, of the Irish, uh, boxers and uh, Irish fighters, you know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool stuff, man. I, I just, it comes naturally to me, you know? Yeah, it's a, yeah, I think it's yeah, it's like one of those sports, right? Like uh like it's exactly what you said about like the never give up attitude, not just like I feel like the like the attitude that like some of those like Irish boxers have like kind of like really goes hand in hand with like not only like Irish folk but like punk and like Celtic punk and like the like tough as nails, like never give up. Absolutely. Uh, and just like you know, a competitive straight spirit ahead. that comes with it, I feel like yeah. it's gotta be yeah. Do do or die. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, uh, yeah, like, Flog and Molly did a song about John L. Sullivan. Uh, the old Murphy song, Blood or Whiskey, is about John L. Sullivan. Murphy's did a uh, song, the Mickey Ward yeah. song. Mahone's, I guess, Paint the Town Red is kind of connected to, uh, like, with the fighter. <laughs> uh, <Isn't that> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then uh, we got Stick and Move in there, too. And I'm sure yeah. there's plenty of others I'm not even remembering. Oh, uh, well, you listen, brother, if it if you're telling me it's going to join the, the, the pantheon of all the... <laughs> then uh i'm i'm fucking more than flattered for sure yeah i mean it's it's one of my it was hard to pick a favorite song on the album like scott and i were trying to do that before that's one of them uh the title track's one of them it's a great song uh like i did yeah like the whole like from front to back that whole like the whole album when, when you said you did the is, video like, when people listen right, to it i for glad to see the back of yeah. you i was like that's awesome because i think yeah, that might end up being my favorite song on the record mm -hmm. It's a pretty cool video, man. I think you'll like it. It's yeah. pretty cool. I mean, listen, we had to shoot that. We had to shoot that video pandemic right. style, right? So, <laughs> and especially in Montreal, where everything is still completely locked down, like Montreal's still in a red zone. So it was very difficult to shoot that uh, video, but it, man, it really turned out well. And uh, it's funny when you talk about uh, Mike about about the songs that you like, like like I, I've heard obviously from a lot of different people over the years, or over the years, over the past couple of weeks people that have got, uh, pre, pre, you know, that have had advanced exposure to it, like yourself and Scott. And, uh, and it's, everybody's got a different, everybody's got a different opinion on the songs, man. And to me, that's great. Right. Because I, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe I wrote an album that appeals yeah. to a lot of different people, you know, and, and, and it, you can kind of listen to it and find something in, in every song, you know? Yeah. Cause yeah. Like I just, I pulled up the track list for a second to look at it. Cause another one I really liked was, a. Uh, 
spirit seldom sober i really like that song too like the lyrics that's, i i love the lyrics that, of that one that, that's an that's another song actually that i wrote in 2004 and then i just pulled it back out and uh and clean you know cleaned it up and that song that's an amount that story is an amalgamation of the of the history of the band from like the the year we started touring which was 2002 uh you know we started touring in the u.s and canada of that song is an amalgamation of, of all the stories over that over that time and if you read the lyrics there's some really interesting uh some really interesting experiences in there uh and, and it's fun because all the you know some of the guys that have heard it that are not in the band anymore are like oh yeah yeah like uh I, christopher stewart uh stewie as he's known as my uh used to be my drummer and uh you know he heard that song and he said man he said, I'm just so glad I was around and I survived verse two. That's what he told me. So <laughs> that's great. You know, compliment you can get, right? Yeah. Um, speaking of your band members, who was the per- what was the personnel for this album? Like maybe give the give the guys who uh, were on the album with you a little credit for their contribution. Yeah. yeah, because like, and I'm glad you mentioned that because look, I write the songs and, and that's fine, but uh I rely on these guys to bring it to life. You know, um, it's all in my head and, and it's, I got to get it out of my head and get it and, and make it sound like I, you know, I, I need to get what's here on, onto, uh, onto tape and, and man, the guys in my band, most of them have been around for a long time and, and they do a fantastic job of that. Uh, so, uh, Scott Mitchell is my bass player, but he also played uh, most of the guitar on the album as well. Uh, so he did all, almost all the bass and guitar on the album, um, my uh, Irish whistle player slash organ player is uh, Eric Diamond, Eric Double Diamond, and he's my best friend. And he's him and I are the only two originals in the band uh, still. Uh, fantastic guy, just brilliant, you know. Um, John Mormon, Johnny Mormon from Montreal, amazing fiddle player. Uh, guys play with everybody. Like it's been all over the world. Played with all the big names in the in the genre and. Uh, and just uh, you know, great dudes played with the Mahones as well before, and, uh, and uh, I've known him forever. And um, my drummer was a guy named Will uh, Lorang, and uh, he plays in a couple of blues bands. Um, man, he you know he's a punk guy, and I you know like he really wanted to work on this album, and and man, he brought so much to the table, dude, in terms of the drums, just like uh, the you know he brought some of those songs to life, you know, and like, uh, I was really, I was really excited about having him. Uh, and, uh, am I missing somebody? I think that was it for the album. Well, I had some guests, right. As well. I mean, that was most of the actual personnel on the album. Uh, but then I had some guests. So I had, uh, uh, Sean Ryan, Riot Ryan from, uh, from Sean. Yeah. Who I've known forever. Uh, Sean sang on, on that song. You were just talking about spirits. Uh, had Dan Garrison from the core out of Vancouver. Uh, Dan, amazing guy, dude, toured with the McKenzie's, toured with the real McKenzie's for a few years, like brilliant, brilliant guy. And one of our good friends, um, and God, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. We, we, there was a few guests on the album anyway. And, uh, uh, oh, a guy named Kevin McNeil, he's a banjo player from, from back home. Fantastic. See, that's a, that's a great example of a guy, you know, I'd love to keep that guy around, you know, full time, but it's hard, man, to, yeah. It's, so hard that you know with the with you know the way things are going in music is just so hard to to keep those guys on retainer you know 
but all good dudes, man. And, and, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta throw one big shout out, uh, to our, uh, our producer, our engineer and producer, uh, Pierre Pinot, uh, audio suites, Montreal, like that guy, we've worked with him on our last three albums and, uh, uh, guy's a genius and I just, I love working with him. Super easy to work with. And, you know, he doesn't come from a punk background. He doesn't come from a Celtic background. Um, he's, he's a rock and roll guy, uh, and a pop guy, but you know what, man, he totally, him and I totally work well together and he gets what I'm trying to do. And when you find somebody like that, you know, it's, it's hard to go somewhere else. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Like the person you have in the, like the studio, the like producer engineer, like if they, if like, if you're not like meshing with them, it's going to like throw everything off. It's like, that's like, I think you can't just go into the studio with anybody. I find you have to find somebody who like gets your, what you're going for. You have to find somebody you're comfortable with. Yes. Uh, we toyed, we toyed with the idea of going, going with somebody else, uh, um, at the outset of, uh, of, of, of deciding to record this album. And, uh, man, I just, the more I thought about it, the less comfortable I was with that. I mean, I just, we know what we're getting and, and he knows, he knows me well and he knows what, how to get the best out of all of us. So it was just, it was a no brainer, you know? Absolutely. When there's a fit, you gotta just stick with it, you know? It, yeah, man. Well, so, listen, someday when, uh, fuck, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, uh, one of the big producers when Bob rocks available <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I just, you know, just maybe it, <laughs> If Lars is if Lars ever starts producing again, get him to do your next. Get, get, maybe get him in there. Lars, Lars, Lars Ulrich. <laughs> I mean, that'd be one way. If you want that distinctive snare sound on it, little. <laughs> no, you 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 had it right the first time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Because yeah, like going in the studio, like it's expensive. Like you got to get like like time is literally money so like if you're comfortable with the people you work with and that's like just makes everything so much easier yeah like will that you know it's a labor of love right so you might as well love it in the mm-hmm. studio i like we'll never see we'll never see the money back that we've put in into this band and that's fine right like we you know what if i've been able to travel around uh tour around and meet meet amazing people like you guys and and just like you know, I've had all these great experiences and that's something that money will never like, you know, money will never buy that. Right. So I I'm fine with what we've done. And, and, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I won't be, I won't be retiring on my yacht, but, uh, like I'll, I'll be fine. I I'm leaving something behind. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Cause going back to like, having your music on vinyl that was like the one thing i thought of when i had it on vinyl i'm like this is like something that like will be around for a long after i'm gone like i have records from like the 50s and 60s and like a lot of those people aren't around anymore so maybe one day this record will be in like somebody else's collection you say that so it's you say that but keith richards is still here mike (laughs) (laughs) isn't that what it's all about though man is to leave leave some kind of uh you know, uh, leave your, your footprint behind somewhere to do uh, for something, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I don't want to get sappy or, or, or start pulling out literary quotes, which I, I, you know, <laughs> which I've been known to do in the past, but, uh, like, you know, that, that's the whole thing, right? It's like, uh, 
You know, like what, 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 what's your, like, what story are you going to write in this lifetime? What are you going to leave behind? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, what are you going to, what, what's going to be your, the footprint that you leave when you're gone? And, you know, I, money doesn't, you know, money's money can't buy things like that. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's about art, man. It's about creating something or, or, or social or, or social justice or, or doing something that people are going to remember, uh, uh, when, when you're gone, you know, and, and I, listen, man, I'm going to be a, a, a blip on the uh, Celtic punk, uh, um, you know, roadmap. On, but I tell you what, I'm, I know now that I've that I've written some good music and that I'm going to leave behind some good music as well. So I'm pretty proud of that. You know, one moment that I will that I will literally never forget is um, we were in Boston maybe four or five years ago. I, I don't remember what year it was, Mike, but we were we were standing in the bar at McGreevy's and. Uh, all of a sudden you look up and there's this guy wearing a scally cap brats t-shirt in boston you know it's around st patrick's day wow. so it made sense but like wow uh, it, it was just like wait wait what <laughs> yeah how, how, how cool how cool is that right <laughs> well i went up to him and asked him for a picture like that's like how like that's how excited i was that some dude in boston had my shirt yeah, hey man, I'm still I'm still really amazed by and uncomfortable with that whole situation. Like when I when I see people at shows with, with peeler shirts on and they're singing the words, like that's really new. That's still really something that doesn't get old. You know what I mean? It's like wow. Yeah. Like, man, if you you can write something that that moves someone enough to want to learn the lyrics to it, you know, or 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 to to sing along with it, man, that's that's what it's all about, brother. Yeah. I gotta say, you guys and your McGreevy's, uh, um, you guys and your McGreevy's adventures. I'm, I'm jealous. Every time I see that, uh, uh, see you guys on stage with the Murphys uh, singing. I think he's, I think he sang "Road of the Righteous" possibly or, or something like that. Uh, no, I got to sing "Never Alone" with them. Oh, at, never. Like, a soundtrack, yeah. And yeah, that was a uh, that was really cool. Like. Uh, it was like a sound check and they did it for like a it was like a cloud of fun thing you donate to the cloud of fun you get to go watch yeah. the sound check and then ken was just randomly like if anybody wants to sing a song with us but he was like looking right at me so i was just kind of like i'll do it and then yeah that's how <laughs> that's how that happened good for you man that's, yeah, was, that's brother you can't like that's an experience man right yeah yeah exactly i'll, I'll, I'll never forget that and then uh but <laughs> i got up on stage and then Al threatens to punch me in the balls if I fuck up the lyrics. So I got that in the back of my head. And then Tim starts making fun of me because I was wasted the night before. And he's like, I'm pretty sure I saw you asleep up against the pole last night. And I was like, well, <laughs> I'm here now. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Like, dude, those guys are, I don't really know those guys well. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I've met a couple of them, but, but like, I don't know them as well as you know them. But, uh, Man, I, I got to I got to watch them in Toronto. I was playing a um uh I was playing with the Mahones in Toronto uh probably 2007 meanest meanest of times I think maybe uh mm. tour and we were doing a, a Murphy's uh post party like uh Dropkick Murphy's post party gig at the I think it was at the Bovine I want to say but can't remember for sure but I got to I got to stand side stage and watch those guys that night and uh, um. And I was standing there actually with Tony Duggins from uh, um, uh, the, Toss. the Tossers. They're a great fucking band, by the way. Yes. And man, just watching those guys side stage, so pro, so tight, mm-hmm. so happy. It was just like fucking hell, man. Like, this is so good. And you just, it's like, I got goosebumps just thinking about it, you know? Like, just such a great band and, and yeah. so pro. That's 
to me, that's the big thing about those guys. They're so professional, you know, like, uh, you know, it's easy. Listen, when we started, man, all we wanted to do was get drunk and, and try to get through the night, you know, but at this point, it's not about that anymore. At this point, it's about giving people what they're paying for. And, uh, man, those guys know how to do that really, really well. And, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I couldn't be a bigger fan for sure. Yeah. Uh, so you you were playing with the Mahones then. Did you do like the after show they played in Montreal to to that year? Chaos. Yeah, Cafe Chaos. Because yeah. I was at that show. I did, I didn't meet you that night, but I was there. <laughs> yeah, I got a got a good picture somewhere of uh, uh well well Scott'll Scott'll like this. I get, there's a picture somewhere of uh, uh Scruffy and I singing in the same mic, and Scruffy's got his arm around me, and uh, somebody had put a, a I think it's a Boston Bruins Stanley Cup champions hat on my head. <laughs> uh half on my head so yeah i'm <laughs> around out there somewhere uh, but, I've, no, I've tried to get one of those guys to put on a colorado hat multiple times and it just won't happen <laughs> god how did you become a colorado avalanche well, fan brother yeah, oh, yep. ah, i man. mean when you when cool. you're getting like free jerseys thrown at you when you're a kid it's pretty easy and then you watch the on ice product at the time of forsberg sackick adam foot you know rob blake eventually ray bork you really can't Dead thank you for patrick wah you know like you, you really can't uh, worst worst trade ever <laughs> uh, okay we're going down that rabbit hole again <laughs> anyway I think we've exhausted all our topics. Unless, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, we've uh, we've talked about everything I was interested in talking about. We talked about Oi, we talked about hockey, yeah. Celtic Punk, the new album. I think the only question that I had that was left unanswered was if you could only pick, you know, and say somebody had never heard the Peelers before, you can only pick one song to have them listen to. Which one would you put in front of them? It's tough because I, I want them to realize that we have that Celtic influence, but I also like to me, Prize Fight is a great song. And I think someone would listen to that and go, wow, that's that's pretty cool, but not get the not get the Celtic angle. Right. You know what I mean? There is fiddle on it. But, uh man. <sighs> Fuck, that's a tough one, brother. Uh if it's easier, we can make it you know two, what? just so you can kind of cover both sides of the coin. I mean, in that, in that case, I'd, I'd go prize fight for sure. And then, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd just take two songs off this new album. I'd go prize fight and uh, uh, I'd go prize fight and, and probably, um, fuck, man, it's so tough. It's like picking your favorite kid, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? He, he, uh, did this, he did this to me the other day by making me pick three punk albums to give to somebody who had never heard punk before. You, Only you three, did the you same know. to me, Mike. So I don't think that that's a fair representation of this. <laughs> yes. I, I did a, uh, I did a, a podcast a couple of weeks ago with uh, K man from K man in the 45s uh, out of Montreal. And uh, he asked me basically this. He was like, what's what, name? Give me three albums that you're taking to a desert Island or, you know, to a, to an Island with you. Right. And, uh, and man, it's so tough because there's so many good songs and so many good bands. And but listen, man, I'll go prize fight and I'll go glad to see the back of you because uh, glad to see the back of you. Uh, that's a song I've been working on forever and just couldn't get it together. 
in 2004, couldn't get it together in 17. And finally I was able to, to just create something. And man, I just, I, that song to me, when I hear it, the bridge and the, the, the last verse, I just like, that's what the peelers is all about that song, you know? So, and I think you guys will see that it's reflected in the video as well. So yeah, I'll go with those two songs. And, uh, but listen, man, it, it depends what you, you want, right? We're a, we're a Celtic punk band. We've definitely written some Celtic, Celtic gear stuff. And I, if I can say that, <laughs> we've definitely some more traditional stuff. And, uh, but it's always had that edge though, too, you know, it's always had that vibe. This album, the new album, uh, definitely is like full on, uh, you know, this, this, this is a, there's a lot heavier and a lot more guitar driven. And, uh, it's kind of what we were going for. So yeah, love, I'm very proud of this album. Can't wait for everybody to hear it now when it comes out on Friday and, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm glad you guys like. I think you yes, absolutely yeah. nailed it on this one, and I think that uh, I I look forward Brother. to everything that's to come for you. <laughs> Let's hope, right? Let's... And <laughs> you know, ho hopefully on the other side here, I'll be able to catch you somewhere. Ah, <laughs> uh, brother, uh, what's that place? Uh, uh, what's that? What's that venue just north of uh, Burlington? Uh, Oh man, they just, we we I think we were booked to play there at one point. Uh, ah, it's like a it's like kind of, it was kind of like a like a big music venue, like like a big club. It's just sort of well, north higher of, ground is just outside of the city, and that's like the only big club here. What what ta it's what town is that in? in South Burlington? I think. I think that's the yeah. place I'm thinking about. Yeah, it's kind. Of Get, they get like sort of mid-range yeah it's like a, there's two packs. stages there's like an 800 cap room and then like a 275 cap room yeah yeah, yeah i got you yeah yeah man brother i listen man i we, we love touring in the u.s it's my favorite it's my favorite place to go and play so i can't you know like let's get the let's everybody get vaccinated get the borders <laughs> open uh, uh so we can get back down well, when there. we get when we get there i'll try and book you somewhere in town we'll see what we can do <laughs> wait <laughs> Mike at Mike, no wait, Alex at stompreckards.com. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm so happy that my my booking. Actually, that's not true. U.S. booking, yeah, you might be talking to me, but man, it's so nice to have Stomp Records on boards and uh, on board. And just let me throw that out as well. Like, can't say enough about Stomp and about all the guys there, Laura, uh, Laura, Alex, Matt, Mike. Uh, man, they've been so good to us and. Uh, and we've been trying to work with them for so long and we finally got it done. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, man, just couldn't be happier with that label and check out all the other bands in that label too. Cause they're all fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, uh, yeah. Like I've been going, like I saw planet smashers like way back when I was a teenager, like the stomp stage at warp tour. That was like my yeah. jam. I love everything stomp records puts out pretty much like they are. And they're just like, you said, great people. Matt's awesome. Mike's awesome. Laura, she's great. Uh, they're all, They've been super nice to me for no reason. I've been like, every time I'm around them, I've been like drunk and annoying. I'm pretty sure, but they've <laughs> always been super nice. Plus Mike gave us the, uh, the advanced copy to listen to. So that, that, thank you, Mike. I was really grateful for that. <laughs> Cause that like, like, like Scott said, like it like blew me away. Like I started talking to Scott right away. I was like, you gotta listen to it. Like right now. It's so good. Yeah. I think Mike and uh, Matt are, are pretty, uh, pretty stoked about the album and, uh, and uh, they've been really supportive of everything we've wanted to do and everything we've done so far. And, uh, man, they, they're, they're like, listen, man, you cannot underestimate how great those guys are for, for Canadian music and for independent music in Canada and for the Montreal scene. Like, you know, like, man, 
you know, it's, it's so hard to do it these days. So hard to keep that going. And those guys have, have really made a run of it. And uh, I'm proud to be part of the, the 25th uh, anniversary, you know, so hopefully onwards and upwards from here. Yeah. Awesome. So March 12th, down and out in the city of saints out on stomp records. Uh, What's the URL? Stomprecords.com? Uh, it's not that CA. Or... The Stomp uh, Records uh, URL is, uh, I think it's just stomprecords.com, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And yeah, so I go I... there, buy the new Peelers album. There's some sweet uh, vinyl variants. I had to stop myself from buying all the, uh, <laughs> just splurging on all of them. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, it looks like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you guys to put this out there. I think it's going to, uh do big things and i'm grateful that you uh blessed us with your presence Absolutely. as our first like real official guest brother uh complete honor to be uh to be asked thank you very much and uh, uh you know you know mike I, I i just met scott and, and scott seems like a great guy i've known you mike for a little while and uh uh always admired your taste in music and uh and so real honor to be uh to be asked to be part of this uh you know a little bit of uh, justification for me, so I appreciate. That. Yes, thank you so much oh, for no your problem. time. Like, uh, we we greatly appreciate yes. it. It's been a pleasure to have you here this evening. You bet. Anytime, guys. Like we can do this again another time. Just Absolutely. let me know. Absolutely. All, all right. Yeah, we'll, have to, we'll have you on for like we'll do like a, a an oi episode or something. Just talk about uh, <laughs> all the old British bands. Yeah, I'll pull all my vinyl. I got all my vinyl. I'll pull it all out. We can just go through my vinyl collection. <laughs> right, there we go. We can act, That's we just we... have an episode where we just spin records. There it is. <laughs> this one. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Hey, that was a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the support as well. Absolutely. Down and out in the City of Saints out this Friday. Check it out, everybody. Thanks, dudes.